0: Welcome to the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Nadia De La Cruz, founder of the Wayne Dyer Wisdom Community on Facebook and angeltarot.org. You can find all my social media links and more details about this podcast at nadiadelacruz.com. Now, my guest today is originally from Iran, immigrating to the United States almost 20 years ago. He is a longtime fan of Dr. Wayne Dyer and a teacher of meditation. He gave a Debex talk in 2018 called Life is Happening for Us, Not to Us. Pedro Todd, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me over. It has been uh, a pleasure to uh, basically come across your uh, Facebook group and uh, listen to other people, listen to comments. It was like a new... Uh, um, basically a hi from dr dyer say hey come on join us again because i was away for a little bit you know i have a one-year-old so pretty busy for the past year Mm -hmm. but now um it is time for me to take some actions and actually um i was going to share that um i was introduced to dr dyer's book when i was about 18 years old that would that would make it about um Almost 30 years ago, actually 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, And um, that was my wake up call. So basically, I was in a teenage time and I was a little confused what the life is going to be unfolding, how it's going to be unfolding. And then I came across that the book, um, You'll See It When You Believe It. Mm
0: -hmm. That was the
1: very first book I read, which was definitely a change of mindset for me at that age. Because then anything that Looked strange or confusing or hard for me at that point of time. I just said, you know what? Let's look at it a different way. And that definitely altered my whole future after that point. And then life happened. And then I was going through some hardships, uh, um, uh, during about probably about 2007, 2008, uh, which that's when I came across, uh, change your thought, change your life book. Mm. I mean, during this time, I've been reading these books, but this one um, had a really f- uh, fundamental, foundational, um, basically strength in my life at that point, a time. And uh, as Dr. Dyer says, you know, we we are all into the morning of life and the afternoon of life. And I think me personally uh, was about to step into my afternoon of life after that book about two thousand eight, two thousand nine, which. Um, Again, by looking at the life circumstances differently and looking at them in a way that they happen for us, not to us, yeah. and incorporating this book um, that got me through those hard times much easier than I thought. Mm -hmm. And again, uh, just this year, uh, earlier this year, I was at one of the Tony Robbins web programs and he said, okay, what are you going to commit for this year? And I said, my commitment this year is to reach as many people as I can and either help them with uh, either meditation or anything that I know with the books that I've read. Um, And then right after that, I came across your page. And I was (laughs) like, okay, Dr. Dyer is here. He says, okay, it's time to take action. He's still here.
0: He's still with us.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) So he was just like, okay, it's time to take action. And then... Yeah, uh, since that point, I basically launched my website, You Learn you Encouragement, the theunitymeditation.com, and uh, started contributing to any any uh, basically social media that come across, either people who need uh, guidance on meditation or you know have some struggles. And I have read something about it in one of the doctor Dyer's book, some other books that I've read, and I just quote that to them, say this this sentence or this wisdom mm-hmm. might help you. And um, again, I'm grateful for this opportunity and I am uh, looking forward for anything that opens up.
0: Well, I'm just honored to have you on and um, I can tell that you're a very soulful person and that story of sort of the, the finding Wayne Dyer and then getting busy with your life and coming back to it. I think that's true for, for so many and in certain respects. That was true for me as well, but he never really left me, (laughs) right? Like he, um, his teachings changed the way that I look at the world. So you and I are about the same age and ironically read the first book, you'll see it when you believe it, around the same time which is very young for someone to read Wayne Dyer. Like we were the young kids on the block. We may not be the young kids on the block anymore. I I, I hate to break it to you, but we were. (laughs) Yeah, we were back then. It was mostly, um, you know, probably people in their forties and fifties that were most interested in Wayne Dyer's teachings. And then there was me like, hey guys, like I'm 20 and I'm, you know, like, um, yeah, so it was different back then. But actually, I don't hear that story very often. So when um, we crossed paths during the uh, live monthly gathering that we do in the Facebook group, I think that was about six weeks ago. And and you were on there. Um, you were able to join us that day, which was great. And you mentioned that your first book was You'll See It When You Believe It. And you'd be surprised. I don't hear that very often. I don't hear that very often. It's usually your erroneous zones or, um, gosh, I don't know. I don't want to throw too many out there because it's always different, right? But But this was mine, which also happened to be his first spiritual book. And I don't even know why that was the one that I picked up because I don't think that was his latest publication when I read it. I think he'd had yeah. others, but that just happened to be the one I have. So I gave away that original copy, but, but this is, this is what it looked like. I got another one just recently. I got another one. I have the hardbound bound too. Um, but yes. Yeah, so, so Dr. Wayne Dyer has um, been a part of both of our lives in different parts of the world, but at the same time. And there's just, I feel there's something special about that. There's something special about sort of looking at the same thing from two different perspectives. And you actually had a chance to meet Dr. Dyer, didn't you?
1: Yes, I did. I did. It was, uh, I think, 2010. Uh, we were living in Canada at the time, and we were in Ottawa. And Dr. Dyer had the um, uh, I Can Do It a conference in mm-hmm. Toronto so my wife and I, we uh, drove to Toronto. My aunt lives in Toronto, so we, we, every three of us, we went to the event, which was which was phenomenal. I also made a small gift for Doctor Dyer, which I know that goes between like millions of gifts, <laughs> but you know, I just uh, because uh, actually one of the verses in this book, the, the verse twelve and thirteen, that was very inspiring to me. Uh, which maybe we can unfold this later, but that one. Uh, basically gave me an insight of a, a, a computer graphic design that was a combination of this verse and what Rumi says, uh, that we are uh, we're a bird of heaven and we're not this body. This body is just a cage that we have made for ourselves temporarily to experience certain things. So that gave me a, this insight and made a graphic design, which I think I posted it on the page as well. Posted it Rumi again. Poster. Again, we get so sure. many <laughs>
0: posts; it like disappears. So do it again. <laughs> I'll do
1: that for sure. yeah, after, and then um, um, I love that, and I made it a, like a small, nice frame and gave it to Doctor Dyer. But the interesting part was um, I wanted to meet Doctor Dyer for the longest time, and you—I don't know if you have been to Doctor Dyer's events. Yep. Um, uh, there's literally no chance that you can meet with him personally and have time to talk with him. Because I was not in a VIP or nothing. So um, <laughs> after the event finished, uh, we walked out and my wife and aunt was like, you know, there's no way you can meet. I said, L- just just wait here. I have a sense that I can meet with him. And then we were in the hallway. So he exited from the back door, coming straight to the hallway. And um, I had the honor and privilege to walk and talk with Dr. Dyer for about seven minutes before he had to step into the... Uh, Parking lot and basically walk away, but uh, he had such a uh, such a powerful energy or aura I would say around him that uh, I still today when I remember those, that that moment of that day I feel that sense yeah. of calm and peace and serenity. He was uh, laughing, and smiling, and talking. <laughs> he even uh, uh, kind of made a little joke with my wife, walking around. So I, I love him. And as I, as I mentioned you before uh, my brother and I we talk about him a lot and we call him Uncle Dyer so yeah. <laughs> he's as uncle dear Dyer. as an uncle to us and he's always <laughs> with us right here um, yeah so that was that was an honor that I could I could walk and talk with him for a few minutes even though I had a million things in my mind to talk about and I did not talk about any of them <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah because I was so excited just to hear what he has to say and uh, he was. He was not into like directing anything or say, telling me any wisdom. He was just there to be fun and bring joy to that environment. And uh, I went with that flow and we laughed, which I never forget. I'm, I'm really blessed with that.
0: What a great story. Um, I I saw him in Maui. So the first episode of this podcast, I talk about um, like how I first learned about Wayne Dyer and sort of my experience with him and why I started the group and why um, I'm doing the podcast, really. Um, so that's sort of my origin of, of all of this. But I, my favorite memory of Dr. Wayne Dyer is going to see him in Maui. And like you talk about that energy, and it's like he radiated love, but he had like a larger-than-life presence. And I don't honestly know if, if it always felt that way. I think that he expanded in front of an audience. I think that he loved connecting with all of us in that way, and it's almost like he would rise to the occasion. So maybe he was always larger-than-life, um, but certainly I think in front of an audience he would just blossom, which is why his live lectures are my favorite thing to listen to or to watch to this day. Like I read all his books and I I reread them. I still read them. And I still listen to um, a lot of his recordings and whatever I get my hands on. But him being in person, it's like his enthusiasm is just on another level. Yeah. And it reminds me of the stories he would tell about talking to people like on an airplane. I mean, he traveled a lot. But I think he really was like that. I think he really was interested in people. He was like, he was like a good listener, you know. He's engaged, in, and he wanted to share with people. And can you imagine being on a flight with Dr. Wayne Dyer? <laughs> Especially if you don't know him. Especially if you don't know him, and you're like, yeah. oh, so what do you do? Oh well, you know, like <laughs> I don't know how he would answer that even. But what an interesting conversation that would be, that would be like, awesome. yeah, because I think he really liked to to connect with, with people in that way. So I never did give Dr. Wayne Dyer a gift, although I think this is my gift. I think this is my gift to him. You know, like they say, um, my message is my life or my life is my message. (laughs) Flip that around. Yes. Um, and I feel like, like I met him and I had him sign my book Um, my change your thoughts, change your life is my sign copy from when I saw him. Um, if you haven't seen it, I have it here.
1: Wow. Look at that. Yeah.
0: So this is the one that went, yeah, (laughs) it went to Maui with me and it came back from Maui with me and, um, I'm, I'm going to wear it out in my life.
1: was it the event at uh, 2015 in Maui? Mm -mm. It
0: was his first it was two thousand seven.
1: Oh, oh well, well, way back. Okay, because I mm-hmm. think there was a there was another event two thousand fourteen or fifteen, and I I really wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I even prepared some stuff for tickets and all that stuff, but then mm-hmm. that that didn't happen. But I was like, he had
0: one planned for two thousand sixteen too, and he didn't make it. So this one, he was talking about this book. This was after he had spent a year studying the Tao, and he had written this book, and it had just been published, and then he had the event, I think it was in October of that year, and that was the first one, and he's like, I think I'm going to make this an annual thing, and he did, and I think the next year was in October, and then he started doing it in January um, Mm -hmm. after that, but I never made it back, never made it back, but I got what I needed, like it was life-changing for me. So yes, that book has, has a lot of impact. Um, for me as well. And obviously, that we, we have something in common here with the podcast name, Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life. So we talk about discovering Wayne Dyer. Um, so you were, you were in Iran at the time. And um, actually, can you tell us a little bit about Iran? Because I feel like um, a lot of us are really ignorant, and I'm going to include myself in that, about... <laughs> Uh, many other countries, and Iran is one of them. So yeah. so what can you tell us about um... Absolutely.
1: You know, Iran is a beautiful country with a lot of resources. And uh, obviously, it was an, in the middle of the Silky Way uh, way back then, so a lot of trades were happening through it. So it, it has a mixture of different cultures from India and Europe and Turkish and Mongolia and Arabs. Um, so it is a very interesting country, and religiously, um, it goes back to Zoroastrian, which was way before even Cyrus the Great, 2,500 years ago, about the same time as, as Lao Tzu. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the Zoroastrian, like I said, is like an 8,000 years old re- religion. Um, and then after that, they, they converted to Islam at about, you know, about 1,000 years ago, 1,200 years ago. But um, Iran itself at the moment is a a beautiful country, Um, despite of all the social, political situations, which um, we don't want to get in there. But itself is a very um, um, treasured country, I would say, because it's interesting. I had the privilege to be, uh, we had a travel agency uh, before I came to the United States, and I was a tour guide uh, at the same time that I had my computer company. So I had the opportunity to go around with the tourists and see clothes and also I had to memorize and explain all the historical monuments uh, all that stuff in around Well Iran. I'm
0: asking the right person then I got I got my <laughs> own tour guide today that's great
1: Yeah that was definitely an honor to see every corner of Iran with the tourists I mean with the with seeing their their excitement their their wonder about all these beautiful monuments and, and artworks and history that that is embedded in Iran, which but we don't know much because, again, with my experience has been a lot of people outside of Iran have no clue about it. Like people would email me from U.S., Canada or Europe or Switzerland say, you know, we don't know how to ride camel. Do we have to ride? I said, no, we, this is a civilized country. We have technology. a car will take you with the latest technology buses around. <laughs> or uh, I had another uh, a tourist which became, a, all of my tourists became my dear, dear friends after that. He was like, you know, I want to do rollerblades in smaller towns. Can you do rollerblade with me? I said, yeah, of course I can do that too. We gotta go, So we did go around a lot of cities with, with rollerblades. You know, we go with car from city to city, but we went inside the city with rollerblades, which was really fun. Yeah. And then one of the other things that I should express about Iran is the hospitality of Iranians um uh, they are uh, very warm and um they love other people they love guests they they say guest is a gift of god basically uh and it's funny that we would go to small villages that they're like you can tell that that villager barely uh, can afford his own bread but he would invite us all of us like 30 people to his house <laughs> With whatever he had, you know, he said, like, come to my house, I'll give you some tea, or... I mean, that was, like, that was like a, a very interesting to see, and probably, I would say, not exaggerating, 80% of the tourists would have tears in their eyes when they were leaving at the airport. Wow. Because the, the, the expectations before come to Iran and the realizations about the time that they we were about to leave were totally different. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, we, we have, I've made good friends. And I think if you talk to any tourists that have been to Iran, they will probably express the same same feeling about Iranian culture, Iranian people, Iranian heritage and history and artworks. Um, and, yeah, it is. Uh, I, I, am, I am honored that uh, I am from Iran and, um, and uh, I've learned about it. And, of course, I am uh, honored to be a citizen of U.S. at the moment, which is the land of dreams. So I can express what I feel today in this podcast, which mm-hmm. might not have been as easy as in Iran, you know, the technology and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's my story.
0: <laughs> now, Persia, is that the same as Iran? When
1: Correct. When talk about Persia. Persia is the, basically the, um, they mainly call it the, the, Empire of Persia that's during the Cyrus the Great which was pretty uh, Vast area it had I think 29 uh, Different cultures within it it goes from like mid of India all the way to like uh, end of Africa and Egypt Uh, so and a partially at uh, at um, Greek Um, so um, it's it was a pretty vast area and then over time it Small, a shrink to became to to Iran map at the moment. Which, if you see it on the map, it looks like a cat sitting mm. at the moment. <laughs> Persian <laughs> so cat. You, yeah, it's a Persian cat. If <laughs> you can see the map, it, it got the ears, it got the body. It's just like a cat sitting mm-hmm. at the moment. And it's it's, uh, it's got an extremely uh, unique uh, geographical condition because on the north we've got the uh, Caspian Sea, and on the south we have got the Persian Gulf which connects Iran to both uh, sea and the uh, ocean, which makes it a really um, important location for any transport or yeah. uh, uh, trading Ports. and all that stuff. Yeah.
0: Mm. So um, my familiarity is um, Persian poets Hafiz and Rumi. Mm. Um, and I didn't actually realize that that connected to Iran until I did a little searching on Google as you do. And I was like, oh, is that like that's what we mean by Persia? But it's interesting that it, it covered a much wider area. And then as the as the maps kind of changed it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, Hafiz
1: and Rumi definitely my, my two of my most favorite poets if you're wrong. Um Rumi was a Sufi. And it's interesting that if you read the story of Rumi and his teacher, which is Shams, Shams Tabriz. It's very similar to the story of Confucius and Lao Tzu. Um, the way that they, they found each other and um, the way that Confucius found Lao Tzu as a dragon, uh, Rumi found Shams something. And there's a story, um, I don't know if it's a folklore story or if it's a real story, but I would like to express that story about Rumi. Uh, Rumi was a very famous teacher and it was he was wealthy he was uh, very well known in the city and then uh, once uh, a gentleman comes with like a like a poor like a homeless person kind of comes to his class and uh, he says i want to join your class and then rumi says hey we don't have room for for you in this class he said and then he goes he gets angry he goes to his desk and grabs a com- couple of his books and throw them in their little uh, water that was passing and said oh my god what did you do you destroyed my books And back then it was hard to you know write books and all that stuff this is before printing
0: presses right
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly you can repeat it again so Shams put his hand in hand in the water and brings the books back up on his desk all dry and like nothing has happened to them and then Rumi says Oh my God! How did you do that? And Shams says, "You're not ready for this class yet." And he <laughs> walks away. And then after that, Rumi becomes his follower, and he never leaves him again. And most of the uh, poems that Rumi has mentioned is mostly in the praise and description of Shams. The same way like when you read Confucius' books, is a lot of talk about uh, that Lao Tzu's wisdoms in his in his basically saying. Wow. Uh, very similar. But Rumi was uh, was great. I mean. Um, I probably won't want to get to this details on about him, but it may be another podcast. But Rumi, uh, if you can read his poems, especially in Farsi and maybe the translations, uh, some things that he points out to is, as Dr. Dyer says, is not from him, it's just mm-hmm. through him. Yes. I mean, some of his poems are talking about atoms, it's talking about the stars dancing around each other. Uh, which is the foundation of all 10,000 things, as Lao Tzu says. Yeah. But it's uh, it's very interesting. And Hafez is the same way. I mean, we have a um, kind of cultural thing in Iran. So you close your eyes, you make a wish or have a question, and then you randomly open Hafez's book and you read his poem. Mm-hmm. And it's funny Like an
0: oracle, yeah.
1: Like an oracle. And mm-hmm. it is very interesting that... Uh, if you from your from your heart, if you open that book, there is no way that you cannot find your answer in that book. Mm. And we do that often, kind of. It's like a yeah, it's like a thing that we do. <laughs> so yeah, Hoff I, I I know that Doctor Dyer um, mentions Huff is a lot, reads his mm-hmm. poems a lot. But I wished, I wished, I wished you guys could read it in Farsi because. Mm. It's definitely different. It's like reading Shakespeare in English versus reading in Farsi. Oh yeah. Um, they're not the same. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Poems, I think, especially must you lose a lot in translation, right? Because there's a, a lyrical quality, there's there's meaning beneath the words that aren't necessarily gonna come now. Hafiz was wasn't he alive like a hundred years before Rumi? Like they weren't at the same time, right?
1: um you know i shouldn't com- comment on that but um i think they were about about the same about 100 or 200 years apart mm-hmm. uh, but i should have looked up the exact date for that because i don't want to make comment but yeah, oh, about six, okay. to 800, six to eight hundred years ago yes correct
0: yeah. yeah yeah wow i know um dr dyer talking about the quote of um for, of the sun do you remember that one I'm not yeah. gonna remember it word for word but maybe you remember it
1: not word for word but it says uh as sun um, gives uh, light to the earth all this time mm-hmm. and look at the love without expectation how it lights the whole world
0: and it never says to you oh. you owe me right Owe
1: oh, me yes I never yeah says look it.
0: look look what a love like that can do uh, I love yeah. that I, that is in one of his meditations now I think that's in his I think it's in his Aum meditation. So he has a CD called Meditations for Manifesting. Okay. And he has one for the morning called Ah, and one for the evening called Aum. And okay. so he starts by by chanting the Ah, And the other one is the chanting the Aum. Oh, but he finishes it up with um, reading some affirmations. And I think it was the Aum one. It may have been the Ah, but I think it's the Aum one. Um, where he quotes that and that just stays with me. And maybe because when I do that, that's at the end of the meditation and like, you know, I'm a light with the glow of God and I'm tuned in and I'm, you know, I'm tapped in, I'm all like aligned, right? And you get like Dr. Dyer's calming voice and like, oh yeah, I really feel that one, I really feel that. So whenever I see it written, I'm like, ah, it almost, like it takes me back to that meditative space, like, hmm, yes (laughs) i
1: unfortunately i haven't listened to that meditation but now i made a note i'll definitely go and check it out
0: it's great i love it i've been using it for probably 20 years so um it never gets old um if people don't like chanting they might be uncomfortable with it but you can even just listen to it and not chant which i often do um just to listen to that and and receive it i think it's better if you, if you can be in a space where you're like putting that out into the world and you're generating that vibration and it does something to yourselves but be the sun uh, be the sun okay. yeah i love that so um we talked about you'll see it when you believe it we talked briefly about change your thoughts change your life do you have a favorite book of his of dr Dyer
1: after actually uh, change your touch change your life um i can see it clearly mhm that's another kind of mm-hmm. afternoon I life that's world. the other
0: one i have on my shelf here
1: awesome yes i have that you know i'm at the off in my office right now i'm not at home but i have most of the books at home mm-hmm. here i only brought um the, uh, the Invisible Force, that I'll tell you a story about this one. Mm-hmm. You might have seen my uh, Facebook group on this.
0: Mm-hmm. It's, I'm in your Facebook group on that, yes.
1: Yeah, maybe I should mention this story. Actually, after I met Dr. Dyer at the uh, conference, I Can Do It conference, I came across this book. And then I said, you know what? This is the best book because it's got 365 pages with small sentences from Dr. Dyer. I said, you know, mm-hmm. this is like an annual practice. Yeah. And I started doing like one-page each one day so I would read it in the morning and then I contemplating on that over throughout the day and see if I can experience it with people with my activities or things that are happening during the day then after a couple of pages I said "No, what I should share this with other people why not you know that's why social media is good about it. I mean can you can approach l- limitless amount of people basically mm-hmm. um, and I started writing those down I think the first I've dated it here. The first one was September 26th of 2010 um, that I started and I uh, practiced on them and at the end of the day I reflected my experience with that exercise for that day and then uh, yeah we went through that and then we were about to move from Canada to US which uh, paused that for several years because then I had my first son and then the second son and then now again after your um, Facebook community, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna start this again. And I was on, on like ten day day uh, eighty five or something. Mm-hmm. And since then I started, and now we are on. Uh, as of today, we are on day one eighteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. so it's it's a great exercise, um, and every day uh, gives you an exercise, and if you really. Practice and contemplate on that, and try to communicate with big people or interact with your events of life with with that lesson of the day. Uh, you will find a lot of things that comes in harmony, and you will understand them. You will see them differently for that mm-hmm. day.
0: <laughs> I love having a daily practice like that. It reminds me of uh, Course in Miracles. If you're a student of a Course in Miracles, uh, the there's three sections, but one is the 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 daily um study i can't think what's called course anyway um so that's usually what people think of when they think of a course in miracles it's the 365 um lessons that you read and it's not really a conceptual thing it's more like a heart opening practice um Mm. And I know Wayne Dyer was a student of A Course in Miracles as well. That's actually how I discovered it, because he kept quoting. And I was like, what is A Course in Miracles? Like, do you go to college for that? Like, where where do I sign up for this course? And I was like, oh, it's a book. Okay, I get it. Um... But yeah, so I learned it from that. But I think having a daily spiritual practice really enriches our lives. And ironically, when we need it the most, is when we tend to drop it. When we're the busiest, when we're the most stressed out, when we have the most demands on us, we, we tend to uh, let that slide, and then and then we um, we suffer for it. But but we always come back to it. So congratulations on on your on your two boys. Uh, One year old is adorable and a handful. I am certain because. I have two little kids. Um my daughter is 4 and my son is 7. And when my daughter was a year old, that's when I started um sort of rejoining the spiritual community and taking classes and doing some certifications and like Oh, but she was tiny. I mean, I was still nursing her. And so I would like nurse the baby and like run off to class and come back to like the, like, I only have like an oh. hour, guys. I gotta, I gotta go. Um, But I understand that sort of these rhythms of life and and honoring that. And family is, family is everything. Family wow, means so much.
1: No question. They are definitely blessings in our life. Both my nine year old son and one and a half year old. I mean, there are, uh, there are so many things that I learn from them today mm-hmm. that I could have never learned in any book or any experience in life the past 48 years, 47 years,
0: mm-hmm. 40
1: years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's because I think the way I personally have experienced it, I actually wrote a little note and maybe I'll post it as well. But the way I see my relationship with my sons, uh, it kind of opens up how... God's relationship is with us, mm-hmm. as he's, His creations, and how much He loves us, how much I love my sons. You know, they might drive me crazy sometimes, but I still love them, and I try to guide them, and I hug them, and kiss them. And it's the same thing, you know. We, and then, the things that they are concerned about, like, oh, this this uh, thing is over here, or this color came out a little darker, and it is exactly the same as our concerns. like. Oh my! My rent is late here, or I lost this job here. And God, look at us from up there. He says you know what? These are those little toys that you're concerned about. Mm-hmm. Life is much greater than that. Just be. Mm-hmm. So I would look at them, looking at them. It just gives me a peace of mind, gives me a unity, gives me this insight that you know I am supported here with with a much, much greater than myself. Um, and there's nothing to worry about. There's a there is peace and calm, and life unfolds exactly as it's supposed to.
0: I think the love that we feel for our children can be an opening for greater compassion and love for the rest of the world, that it, it cracks you open. And it's not always easy. But I, I remember my dad saying to me once that when you have children, it's like a second chance at your own childhood. Mm-hmm. And I think that was when I first became a mom that he told me that. And it's interesting because as my kids grow, these memories keep coming back to me and like, but I I see them from the other side, right? Like I gain a new perspective of maybe what it was like for my parents in a way that I hadn't even considered and also just like what love is you know, there, there's nothing like a love you have for your children. Um, you know, they, they come into this world and they they look so fragile and so precious and you want everything for them, but you don't own them. You can't control them. You don't know what their life is going to bring them. Like all you can do is love them and, and try to try to support their own journey. You know, they come through us, but not for us.
1: Yeah. And this is one of the things that Dr. Zayas says a lot, but They said it's a very fundamental exercise because if you know that they are just through you, not for you, Mm -hmm. I mean, the whole interaction with them changes.
0: You know, I've said this to my kids and uh, is that the only difference between you and me is I got here first. And (laughs) (laughs) there are some significant things that come with that because... I have more experience, you know, um, I, I've i been through more things, I have a different perspective than you do, and so I'm uniquely able to help them when they're young. But I don't think that I... Um, Like they don't owe me anything, you know, like if I ask them to do something and they do it, I say thank you because I don't really I don't really model that sort of authoritarian like you have to do what I say just because I'm your mom. Like, eh, that's not really how it works. And Maybe you can get away with it when they're young, but
1: yeah, unless they're trying to jump into the pool when they don't know how to swim.
0: (laughs) Yes. Well, then you grab them, yeah. <laughs> stop them. And you're like, this is why you don't want to do that.
1: Right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah. So yeah. change your thoughts, change your life. Had you already um, been familiar with the Tao Te Ching? Had you read it before?
1: Not the Tao Te Ching itself, no. That was the first time I was introduced to this book. Me too. And to, Yeah, it's and it's phenomenal. I mean, when I came across this book at about 2007, as you just mentioned, actually. Yeah, 2000, Christmas of 2007. That's when I I got this book. Um, it was a gift from my wife, actually. She assigned signed it here for me.
0: Oh, it's beautiful.
1: Then, yeah, Christmas gift. And then after that, actually, this has become one of my gifts to other people. If if I really know somebody will will treasure books and will read books, this is my gift for them. And I think it's a yeah. priceless gift. And I would recommend almost everybody. Now, every time I listen to this book, I would say, you know what? Why don't they play this book over and over in public areas or maybe in jails, you know, like yeah. areas that they, they have blocked their ears and they don't want to. Let them listen to this over and over because there are lessons in here that works for everybody. And as Dr. Dyer says, you know, that the truth is what that never changes. I mean, if this was applicable 2,500 years ago, and every single bit of it is still applicable today. Then what is the truth? It it has a lot of truth in it, and w- when you go through it, whether it's about um, uh, being at peace, whether you're a leader, whether you are a warrior, doesn't matter. Everything is in here. You can you can learn a lot from it. I I personally would love to read it at least once a year because mm-hmm. every year we change our mindset, changes, and I hear new things out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, And I I wished everybody would have read it at least once.
0: Yeah. Do you have the little companion book that goes with that? Um, What's like the meditations for Tao? Gosh, I should find that. Oh, here it is. Living the Wisdom of the Tao, the Complete Tao to Chang and Affirmations.
1: Uh no, I don't have. Oh, you
0: got to put this one on your list. I'm I'm giving you a list today. So um, it has uh just a short version of each verse. Right, so you see the full verse on one page, and on the other side is just like a one-liner from Doctor Dyer, of Mm. you know something that he pulled from the meaning of this. And he also, he did this as a meditation. So when I saw him uh, in Maui in 2007, he gave us a printout, like a Word document that was um, these. And it said, um, you know, um Tao Te Ching um, meditation. And so I still have that like stapled together um before the book came out um before this came out before the meditation came out so he has a meditation for it as well but i really like this little book and especially if you like kind of little um daily bite-sized meditations uh, it's called living the wisdom of the dao the complete Tao to ching and affirmations it's got a little bird on the front and it's you know it's kind of a small book but it's great
1: and i it love it Actually, this i one. think you brought it up the exact time because now starting my the unitymeditation.com. Yeah. I would like to start with some basics just to introduce to people what meditation is, the ones that don't know because yeah. I've been uh, doing visualization, guided visualization meditation for a group of people for the past almost five years. And it was strange to me that how many people don't know what meditation is or how they do it or they're even scared of doing meditating. They think if they do meditate, they'll, they'll die. I was just like, I came across weird people. Like I said, oh my yeah. God. So I think it would be a responsibility for me to introduce what meditation is all about. And I think as soon as I finish with the basics, I would love to incorporate this book to some of our meditations. Maybe we'll randomly open one page and see what needed to be done. And we'll practice that for the month.
0: I mean, meditation is basically an inward journey. Mm -hmm. And so you have to feel safe in your own skin. And not everybody does. And one of my guests that I had on previously, um, Deanna, she mentioned about self-love, that you have to love yourself in order to even begin to do the inner work. That if you don't love yourself, you're not going to go inside. You're That's not a place where you want to be, right? So it's like we we put up this this avoidance um, of what's inside, because we think we're not worthy, or, or we think that um, if somebody really know us, that that they would see that we're not lovable. And so there, there's a lot of work that comes up. I think that can bring sort of an aversion to inner work and meditation is part of that. I think meditation. Um, so we. We did a little 30-day challenge to get people to start meditating. I think that was November. And so we started a separate group for that. It's a closed group. Um, So other people won't see what you're writing on Facebook. Uh, So that is open to all of the members of the Wayne Dyer Wisdom community. If you click to join and you're already in the Wayne Dyer Wisdom community, you'll automatically be approved. And um, you have joined the group and I've encouraged you, you are more than welcome to um, share any teachings or tips that you have surrounding meditation. I am by no means a meditation expert, um, but I am an enthusiast and I believe in the power of getting quiet you know Wayne Dyer talked about that as conscious connection with god mm-hmm. and if we mm-hmm. could sit in the presence of god every day you know what problems what problems could we have what problems could we have in that it's almost like it it dissolves the the resistance it can dissolve yeah. the pain it can transform difficulty into opportunity because as of course a miracle states a miracle is a change in perception that's all yeah, it takes. Dr.
1: Dyer says constantly says they change it, change the way you look at things. Actually, I I, I just came across this little. I wrote, I drew this the other day. So like, what do you see here? If you're going from here, and then all of a sudden your life goes down, and you think yeah. it's a bad fortune, and then uh, you just but we are looking at the same page and probably the same diagram, but I am looking at this side, you're looking at that side. Right. If you just change the way you look at things, right, and the things you look at will change, now this whole thing goes up. I mean, in the the sense of hardship and difficulties in life, instead of saying, oh my God, I have bad luck, you know, this goes wrong, or what's happening with my life, you can say, you know what? This is the time for me to step up. This is the time. The universe is telling me now you're ready to get stronger. Now you have the strength to go one step higher. I mean, that changes the whole perspective. I mean, everything gets, gets easier that way because then you know you're not struggling, but you are actually escalating. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you don't take any action, of course, if, if you fall into that bad fortune mindset, then you're going to stay down there. But if you change it to the universe is sending me a message that I can be bigger and better than what I am, and it, this is the time to do it. I mean, that changes the whole perspective. I think there is a verse here from this book, um, which... Uh, let me find that here. Uh, yeah, it's verse 58. It says the good uh, verse 50. If you don't mind, I can read that.
0: Yeah, but, go ahead.
1: That yeah, basically aligns with what we just, uh, we just mentioned. Um, it says, bad fortune is what good, good fortune leans on, and good fortune is what bad fortune hides in. It's a, the verse is pretty long, but I mean, that is, if we if have that mindset, um, no difficulty is a difficulty actually anymore.
0: Well, and the falls in our life give us the energy to propel us to new heights. Mm-hmm. So if you feel like you've fallen, which many of us have felt like we've fallen maybe a few times in the last year or so. Um, If you, instead of going, oh gosh, I can't do it. I give up. Why is this happening to me? Instead, if you went, huh, what am I getting ready for? Mm -hmm. What's coming, right? Because then you can start to get excited about what's next. You can start to go, maybe this was actually divine intervention. Maybe this is the change in direction that I needed. And if you think back, you've probably set intentions out there that you may not have even been aware of, like, I don't want to do this anymore, or I'm tired of this, or I don't, you know, this doesn't feel right to me anymore. But you think you don't have a choice. And then something happens, (laughs) something happens to intervene. And now you have to make a change in that area of your life that you were resistant to changing, but also not happy in. Like, that's a blessing. That can be That can be a blessing. So the the talk that you gave is called Life is Happening for Us, Not to Us. And, And that is just a perfect embodiment of so many of the teachings that I got from Wayne Dyer, which aren't just from Wayne Dyer, right? We're talking about these ancient teachings. And something that is so fascinating to me is that people needed this same advice thousands of years ago societies were different okay we have what like eight billion people on the planet today and let's say a thousand years ago there was maybe a billion i mean like the the population explosion on the planet between the times that these things were written and the time now it's almost unfathomable right like there were not that many people on the earth and the ways that we lived and the communities that we lived in were 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 a lot different and yet the human struggles go on. There's these patterns and archetypes and experiences that are that are shared, that aren't so unique. And if you take this wisdom, you can apply it to so many things. You talked about, oh, everybody can benefit from Wayne Dyer. Like, like they should be, you know, like, they should be playing this everywhere, especially in prisons. I think that's a great idea. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. When the student is ready the teacher appears. So you can tell somebody the best advice that's going to change their life, that's going to resolve all their problems, that's going to bring them a return to health, that's going to bring them a zest for life, a passion, a love, they're going to feel things they've never felt before. But they have to open to it, they have to let it in. It's a lot like um, someone who has an addiction. Like, They can know that this is a problem. You can tell them that this is a problem, but they're not going to get clean until they're ready for it, until they decide, until they make that choice. So when it comes to spirituality, right, uh, I have been (laughs) interested in spirituality for almost my whole life. And so I tend to think of it as being really common. Mm. Even though most of the people that I know, unless I met them through like, a class or something. Most of the people that I know are either religious or non religious, end of story. Like, not like seeking their own path to spirituality, not reading books about these things. I've met very few people. So, we're kind of a niche, right? Like, if you look at the population as a whole, the people who are interested in spirituality, the people who are ready and willing to listen to this, it's a fairly small slice of the pie. But I also think that the conditions of the world over the last year, maybe more than ever, are pushing a lot yeah, of people we, to wake up.
1: Absolutely, as you mentioned, um, it's just the teacher, the student has to be ready. I, I usually imagine it for myself as a radio frequency. Like if if you're not in the right frequency, you're not hearing the music that's happening here. So sometimes, as you mentioned, you know, I may go out excited. I mean, like I am, <laughs> I am like. So so pumped up with this verse, I start reading for the person and they, I can see them nod. But it's like I'm talking Chinese to somebody who has no idea where China is in the first place. Yeah. It, that's not, then I, I can tell. That the, but, you know, again, that doesn't mean that we should not say what we know. True. Because the repetition might help. I mean, mm-hmm. even though that person is not hearing me at the moment, I believe that their subconscious is recording that. And maybe a year from now, a 10-year from now, just sparks in their head, say, you know what? This thing that I heard 10 years ago is clear. He's giving me strength at this point of time or giving me direction at this point of yeah. time.
0: Yeah, it can definitely I mean, we should never stop. For yeah, sure. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: Yeah. Oh, I, you know, I, um, <laughs> I have been quoting Wayne Dyer <laughs> forever. And so I was in my 20s, right? How many people in their 20s want to hear about who is this, Wade Dyer, whatever? <laughs> but it's like there's a way that you can share it even at even at a young age, right? Even at 19 or whatever. Um, there's a way that you can share it that people might receive it. Sometimes if you just shift the language a little bit into something that's more um, familiar for them, right? Yeah. Um, then then the, it might get in there. But I think people are always a little bit confused by me. <laughs> I think people were always a little bit confused because I wasn't active in a church, but there was something spiritual, right? Like when I, when I would talk to people, when I, when I would want to share my heart with them, there's something divine that brings us together. And I think people were confused that they, that they could have that without a church being involved.
1: Yeah, and again, as you said, the students should be ready Um, because I I love to talk to the missionaries that, you know, come to my door or I come across somewhere. But I love to talk about um, spirituality with them. And it's funny because when we talk, I talk about God and Tao and universe and universal mind and unity. And they say, okay... We're confused. Which one? I said they're all the same. What do you mean, which one? <laughs> I mean, when I say universe, of course, it's my it's my limited mind that see the universe. But of course, God is basically much bigger than the universe itself, and you can't not name it specifically, as as it's written. The first thing in this book, the Tao that can be named is not the Tao.
0: Yeah,
1: we cannot put label on it. Mm-hmm. So you can you can express it, however, it shows your your expression and your expands to that to that world of being, mm-hmm. but you're right. I mean, we should discuss that and we should bring it out. We should maybe it's it's funny that a lot of time that I talk to these missionaries that they say, you know what, that's interesting perspective. I've never thought about it that way. Yeah, you know, different conversation we have. Yeah, but I say, you know, that's great because my whole intention is so you have different mindsets. Yeah, I I had once a missionary that came to my door and. We talked, a nice gentleman, and uh, I uh, brought a quote from Rumi. And you know, in my mindset, anybody who is into reading, uh, basically, or uh, anybody who is seeking any kind of spirituality will come across Rumi's poem somehow, somewhere. And uh, he was like, "Nope, I don't know Rumi. I said, okay, um, aside from this book that you're reading, what else have you read? He said, nothing, for the past 40 years, this is the only book that I have read. I said, okay, if you have, this is the only book that you have read, I respect this book, whatever that book is, and I respect your ideology and your beliefs, but if you have only read this single book, how do you know if this is the ultimate truth or, or if there is other things that can incorporate with this book for you mm-hmm. to open up? a different gateway or a spirituality gateway mm-hmm. for you. And he actually kind of got mad at me. <laughs> and I was like, I hope one day, uh, one day you will understand what I'm saying. I, I I, respect your book in many ways, but I would encourage you to maybe open up to other, other possibilities. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just, yeah, but you're right, absolutely right. It, and it, maybe that's little... your calling.
0: You know, maybe that's your calling to open hearts and minds. Yeah. to to help people to um you know become curious about more than what they're already familiar with. And I feel like one of the benefits of being willing to stand up and speak, which you are, which you have, what you're doing now, is that people find you and you find people. You know, it's yeah. like it's like you're shining a light. And then and then the people that resonate with that light will will find you. And it takes energy, and it takes courage, and it takes vision, and it takes faith to do that. And that's not everybody's calling. Not everybody's going to show up and speak or or try to introduce something new uh, to the world. So uh, yeah. I want to applaud your your courage and your oh, conviction you. in that. It. Yes. It's,
1: it's interesting. I was listening, I was watching a Netflix series uh, last year, that was called uh, the Big Rock. Mm-hmm. It was talking about Earth and how majestic this Earth of us, which I call it our spaceship, because we are all in this spaceship going this universe yeah. to a destination we don't know. But it's keeping us safe, like a like a, um, an Ark of Noah. Yeah. <laughs> and, but we don't we don't know that we we are not realizing that this this Ark of Noah is taking us in this vast space with all the dangers you know in, including the gravities or, or the other stars or planets that can hit us and it's keeping us safe to take this journey to grow. But um, yeah the, the, one of the things that is interesting I didn't know about it was mentioned in that uh, Netflix series was the oxygen on the earth actually is not from the trees. Most, most of the oxygen that trees generate. Um, during the day, they consume it at night. 80%, about 80% of the oxygen that's generated is with very small um, photosynthetic planktons, mm-hmm. which are small cells in the ocean. Yeah. And uh, in the prehistoric time before even the, the greenery was created on Earth, these uh, plankton existed in water, but uh, they were not doing anything for millions of years. And then one day, one of them came and said, you know what, I can grab the sunlight and generate oxygen. And then the, the ones around it said, you know what, if it, this cell can do it, maybe I can do it too. Mm-hmm. And that became like another millions of billions of years that created our planets and all the greeners and oxygen, and all that stuff. And it's the same story with us. I mean, I've come across so many people that have beautiful talents, Either they, they write poems or they draw something or they have insights, like they, they say things that you've never heard before and they don't even know where they come from. I said, why did not you share it? They say, yeah, people won't like it or, uh, you know, I said, you know, you're just a, like that little plankton. You have to start somewhere and share what have you got. Actually. Uh, one of the inspirations that came from Dr. Wayne Dyer book is, is a book that I've been basically in the process of writing since 2011. It's been a long, it's been a long journey. But the, the name of the book that I'm writing is The Secret Cycle of Givers and Receivers. Hmm. And in that book, it actually expresses that, that that don't look at yourself as nothingness. Every being in this planet, whether it's a rock or a human being, we are here on a purpose, and find your purpose, find out what is it that you have to do, what is that innate gift that is in within you that you can share with others. doesn't matter how many people, even if you share it with one person and change their life, you have fulfilled their purpose. But if you just hide behind it and don't feel confident or feel not good enough, you're literally not basically getting to your purpose in life. Um, so that's the intention of the book, because uh, my question was like, how is that some people work so hard and don't achieve what they want? And how is it that some people don't do anything and they, they have a lot of good things <laughs> happening in their life? And that's that, a that's good the question. Idea.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's the, that's the idea of the book came across, which along the way with other researches and stuff, I came across like the introverts and extroverts. And I realized that most of the psychologists talk about introverts and extroverts, Characteristics. Mm-hmm. It would be like you tell me, Petram, you don't have much hair, and you put a glass, you no, know, uh, uh, eyeglasses on, and you have a goatee. And uh, I say, okay, thank you very much. You know, I, that's great to know. <laughs> I, I kind of knew that already. But how can I use this, these, these, these things that I have, these gifts that I have, to make me to my ultimate purpose? That's where the book comes in. And then the, the, the at the end, the intention is that circle of yin and yang, which once you find out what your blueprint is or what your potential is, and what your gift is that you were born with, then you have to take action on what you are not. And that completes the secret cycle. And during this process, the best thing is if you combine with people whom have what you don't have. Mm. So that's why you... So if, let's say, somebody is a great businessman that can sell anything. And then on the, the other, other hand, we have an artist that can draw beautiful pictures, but all the pictures are stored in their closet, and yeah. they're not even brave enough to tell it. If these two people come together and bring it out to the world, I mean, look at where things going to happen. Well, two of my best examples that I love them both is one is Tony Robbins, and one is Dr. Wayne Dyer. And Dr. Wayne Dyer is the one who who basically receives this gifts, the automatic writing for him, and then he what he intentionally did to complete his own sar- cycle was to share it out. What if Dr. Dyer would have written all these books and just stored them in his closet? Yep. And on the other hand, like Tony Robbins is a master of gathering information, and his innate or his inner gift is to give it out. I mean... I think you, if you give any subject to Tony Robbins, he can express it the best possible way anybody can uh, to to the public. So he gathers this information. He he intentionally made that decision that my purpose in life is to gather all the good things, mm-hmm. and then my nature is to express it out. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Uh, that's the book. Hopefully you, once it comes out, I'll send you a link.
0: <laughs> yeah. So the secret cycles of givers and receivers. So I, I heard you talk a little bit about this on another podcast that you were on yeah. and, and it really intrigued me. Um, like, for example, if someone identifies primarily as an introvert, right, which is often associated with creativity as well. Isn't that true? Mm-hmm. So, so what does an introvert introvert need to focus on? Like, where okay. where do they challenge themselves?
1: Perfect. Yeah, because the actually the the name of the book might sound a little confusing, but there's an intention to that. Because uh, a lot of people confuse again the way they have been thought, like talking about introvert extrovert or givers or receivers. As soon as you say the person who is a little giving, they say, oh, I'm a giver." I said, "You know what? This is great, but." What is your purpose in life? If your gift is giving, that is not purpose of your life. You, you, keep, you keep giving, um, but the purpose is receiving. You have to sit and write down your book. You have to... The portion that they're missing is the receiving portion of it. I mean... Um, uh, the, the name of the books is based on what you have to take action on. Like, let's say introverts. Um, they are creative, right? So that means they have an automatic innate blueprint of receiving information, right? They can sit and draw something out of the blue that you've never seen before. Right. And they don't even know where did it come from. But what they have to consciously take action on and make a choice and make a decision is to give it. Because the receiving is automatic. But if they don't give it, it doesn't get anywhere they don't fulfill their prop purpose mm-hmm. so that's where so it, when when you say givers and receivers that's what you have to do to achieve your purpose so if you're introvert you have to become a giver in order to receive your if you're an extrovert that means you're automatically giving mm-hmm. because you are connecting with people you you actually get energized by other people around you but what you have to make a conscious decision and make make it happen is to receive which is not taking taking and receiving is two different things you don't want to manipulate people to get their stuff this ha- you in this cir- circle it's mm-hmm. a circle you have to be a flow so if you are an extrovert and you're great in communicating but you see an introvert that is like great as meditation for example I, I have a dear friend of mine that kind of similar to that you have to say, you know what? I will gather some of my friends and you uh, give them a meditation session. How about that? I mean, that's where the cycle or the circle completes itself. Mm-hmm. So that's where the name of the book comes. It's just basically the decision or what you have to become in order to complete. Actually, there is a, there is a great verse uh, that I would like to um, um, maybe find that here. I would like to share that as well. It's a verse 11 of this book. Mm-hmm. That says... Thirty um, spokes covered upon a single hub. It is on the hole in the center that the use of the cart hinges. Shape clay into a vessel. It is the space within that makes, it's, make, makes it useful. Mm-hmm. Carve a fine doors... And windows but the room is useful in its emptiness the usefulness of what is depends on what is not mm-hmm. and that's exactly what the, the givers receivers is applying like, once you find once you find out who you are and what you have what your inner gift is then what you're missing is what you, you're not mm-hmm. that's where you have to take action on that I personally think I am an introvert and for the longest time, I, I was kind of inside myself. I wouldn't share anything. And then I, I came across landmark forums, which was great eye-opening for me. And, and also this book and my own book writing that I'm writing and researching about it. Then my eyes opened up. I said, you know what? What I'm missing is actually connecting with people. Or at least finding people who can connect with other people and try <laughs> to communicate what I have in here through them. Mm-hmm. Which since we are all united, it doesn't matter. I don't I'm not looking for fame here.
0: Yeah. It's a
1: matter of delivering that message, message or that that I have. Yeah, exactly.
0: So I exactly. love the the continuous flow that your analogy brings up. That there's this this I'm visualizing this sign this kind of in and out, like the breath, in and out, in and out. That it's a it's sort of a receiving and a broadcasting. And receiving isn't about taking. It's about opening to things coming to you, which some people are naturally good at receiving information, receiving inspiration, um, with something Wayne Dyer obviously talked about a lot. Um, But if you have this, you could have the greatest insight and it's only gonna benefit you unless you put that into practice and then people either receive it because of the actions and the demonstration and the way that, you, that you're living your life, or by specifically sharing that message with others. So I see that as either, like you said, like like challenging yourself to fulfill the other side of that, which is sharing it and bringing it out and and giving that to others, or partnering with other people who will do that with you that we can yes. that we can join together in that. Um, that being receptive is only one half of the equation you receive it well then what are you going to do with it you don't want to block the flow right yeah. it's like this energy you, you can't, can't
1: breathe in forever of
0: yes you can't breathe in forever <laughs> oh can you imagine oh boy that really brings it home um yeah so that's really interesting and i think a lot of the A lot of the people um, in my circle or that listen to this podcast, a lot of them are going to lean on the introvert side, which is why I sort of asked for that example. I certainly do as well. And like Dr. Wayne Dyer, you know, he could have written the best book. He could have understood life, the universe and everything. But if he didn't do what he did to get that message out there, which was extensive, I mean, Mm buying up the books, putting them in the back of his car, driving around the country, going to any radio station that would have him, walking into every bookstore, getting them to, uh, asking them to sell his book, right? He did the legwork. Any, Any place that would have him, that would let him speak, he showed up. And then he started getting invited to come on the talk shows and the bigger talk shows. And it grew and it grew and it grew. And it's like he took so many chances. He already had A very secure career as a professor. He was about to get tenure. He had many, many children already that he was responsible for. He's the breadwinner. And, like, you know, it wasn't easy. I hate it when people think that somebody like Dr. Wayne Dyer, oh, they just landed there and it was just easy and good for them. No, like, he took chances. And he did not want to die with his music still in him. Yeah. Which is what you were talking about. Right. That that you need awesome. to you need to put it through you. Now, a lot of people trip up about purpose because they think it's supposed to be some big job that somebody hands you and you're now famous and you're reaching millions of people. Um, but I think purpose is more about a way of life. I think purpose is about um, connecting to your spiritual essence and living from that place which brings us back to meditation because that's a really great way for us to stay connected to our higher selves, to, you know, how does God see this? You know, like, like um, all I want to do is learn to think like God thinks, right? Mm. And, and there's this truth that isn't about the actions that you're taking. It's, it's about the way that you make choices in your life. It's about mm. the way that you show up in this moment and now this moment. And the intention. I mean, yeah. like
1: the power of intention one of my favorite favorite books as well, but it's the intention. I think when Dr. Dyer put the books behind her car, his car and going around and basically giving it as a gift or trying his intention I, I have a hard feeling that his intention was not to sell the book or gain, gain fame or make money. His intention was to send this message out. Because after all these, those turmoils that happened in him, and he wrote the Uranus and and he was like, oh my God, this message has to be out there. However I can. So he put his own money into that, and then started sharing it out. And I think that's that, in, that pure, vulnerable intention of his made him who he is today. If he had, in, in the back of his mind, had, I don't know, I, okay, I've got f- I four books here and 10 books over there. This is going to make me $2 yeah. here. How am I going to get rich? How much money can money.
0: I make off of this? What do people want from me? Like, if he came in yeah, from that, that point, I wouldn't get been- him where he
1: is. Yeah. And like, I see the same thing with Tony Robbins. I mean, when he helps people, I can see him radiating, helping people. I mean, he, from deep within, he loves to help people yeah. however you can and I think that's that the, that intention of helping mm-hmm. people made him who he is today and he he's very famous he's very rich and he works every bit of it mm-hmm. um, um, uh, I, I mean he deserves every every bit of it but I mean that's that the intention so once we once we are sharing we just have to clear our mind and clear our intention that this is for 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 the being of humanity and the planet not not for me And once we share that way, I think doors that will open are not way better than the doors that we ever could ever expect or imagine.
0: Yes, the potential that's out there is bigger than than what we could imagine for ourselves. uh, When we talk about that path of Wayne Dyer and, and what he had in his heart that that enabled him to bring to the world what he did in his lifetime. I think it started when he was in college. Because he talks about learning these concepts about human potential and that they were sort of locked behind the doors of the universities, that these were ideas that were only being taught in an academic forum and wasn't reaching the rest of the world and he knew at that time he wanted to get this message out and it was probably 10, 15 years knowing that he wanted to write a book, knowing that he wanted to reach a general audience before Euronia's Zone happened, which of course was written right after he forgave his father at his father's grave, and he wrote it in two weeks. So I feel like it's not about striving, it's not about goal setting, but intention is key. What you have in your heart, and then staying open to the possibilities we started out this podcast with you sharing that you set an intention earlier this year that you wanted to get out and share your message and show up online. So I feel like you intended this meeting into happening. People are gonna hear this. People are gonna resonate with you. What's the best way for people to reach you?
1: Um, They can reach out to me either through your community, obviously or through unitymeditation.com, or the email address is info at unitymeditation.com. And I should should also express I'm a computer IT, Mm -hmm. and I love technology on one hand, but I love spirituality, and I think the combination of the two... um, uh, generates a vortex in me (laughs) which i like
0: (laughs) that's a good balance Uh, yeah
1: yeah exactly so yeah they can they can reach out to me through the info at uh, unitymeditation.com. okay and um, hopefully we'll see each other and communicate further in social media a lot of people talk negative about social media and actually i was thinking about it today because every time i open my emails or social media's uh, it's interesting. Most of the messages I get are either inspirational or, or some insight for the day or a practice for the day. And then I come to work, some people might talk about something negative about the gun and the shooting over there. I say, why don't I have any information about you? <laughs> I mean, that's where the intention is. What, whatever we put our mind into, actually social media even can be a great tool because they, they track your data and find out what you're interested on and they will feed more of that to you so I mean it's a choice whether you want to uh, listen to the worst thing that happened in the country that morning or you want to listen to a an, an, uh, motivational or a, a good exercise for the day and that will follow the following days for you yeah. I mean, again, it's just choice for me, we make.
0: It is, but, what, um, it is what you make it for sure, even in the early yeah. days of Facebook, the early, early days of Facebook. And I was like, okay, I'm going to follow Louise Hay and Wayne Dyer yeah. and Dr. Christian Northrup and Deepak Chopra. And, like, my Facebook feed was so inspiring, and I just loved it. And But, <laughs> you know, I've thought about this a lot because um, – It is a mirror and it is a feedback loop, but so is life. So I think it's so fascinating that we have something in our immediate experience in the modern day world today where we can say what you focus on expands. Look at how this happens. Look at how this happens. When you think about something, when you focus on something, when you put your attention on something, more of it, more of that is going to come to you. So if you're watching videos of violence and you're consuming a lot of fear-based news articles oh facebook is gonna you know or wherever you are it's gonna keep showing you more of that google's gonna show you more of that youtube's gonna show you more of that but that's what our minds do it's such a perfect metaphor for our life that i feel like we didn't have like a really demonstrable way to show people that i know a lot of people haven't quite it hasn't quite clicked for them yet but yes What you focus on expands. Social media is what you make it. The Wayne Dyer Wisdom community for me has been such an amazing space to find other people who are passionate about learning more about spirituality, who, you know, have their, their own paths and sense of purpose. And like, we're all seekers, you know, we're all on this path together. And um, that's been a really positive space. I'm not going to say it's all positive. Um, I'm a little bit of the bouncer for the group because I, uh, I keep the spammers out as best as I can. I'm doing my best folks. Um, But you know, it's like, it's what you focus on and, yeah. and there can be no so much love and so much and so much inspiration. So no question if you had one message that you could leave with everyone today, what would you say?
1: Can my message be a little longer? <laughs> I have a I have a personal metaphor that has helped me a lot, keeping me connected to everybody feeling responsible for what's happening inside and around me that I would like to share. Maybe it will help some. I uh, That metaphor is I imagine myself, I have a star in my center, right? And that star is the center of my galaxy. So in this galaxy, there are a lot of stars and planets and all these stars and planets and stars mainly are the people that I interact with. So, and the same way, I am a star in somebody else's galaxy because, you know, we are in, in an unlimited, um, timeless, spaceless, uh, basically universe. And that can be actually in quantum physics, it can be possible. My star here can be connected to unlimited other stars in different galaxies. So, at the same time, so once i am in this center of mind and you are a star in my galaxy so i am responsible to what's happening in my galaxy mm-hmm. my mindset my intentions my choices makes how this galaxy rotates around me and you are now a part of this galaxy since we join and we created a connection and the same way same way for you you are the center of your own galaxy and i am a star in your galaxy. So we kind of influence our mindsets. That's why it's funny that sometimes when you come across somebody, the way you communicate with this person might be different the way you communicate with this person. Because as soon as you get into their galaxy or rules of their galaxy, your communication might seem different. And of course, uh, just before this, um, I, I meditated for a few minutes. And I said, you know what, with this podcast, there's going to be a lot of new stars joining my galaxy. So I better keep it together and keep my intentions clear that I want the best for everybody, that we're all united at the end of the day. We're all the same body of this universe. Um, And once you feel this way, first, you you feel responsible for anything that's happening around you. Mm -hmm. Second, if something goes wrong, you don't feel that bad because you know there is a lesson for for us to learn in that in that Rotation the second thing is if something is wrong and you want to change it You should know that you cannot change it instantly Sometimes might might happen as dr. Dyer says satori moments mm-hmm. But that's very rare that happens that way if you want to change this rotation of this whole galaxy of yours it will take some time you have to be persistent. You have to keep your intentions clear and honest in order to change this flow. Um, so once we feel responsible and then do this and feel connected to everything and everybody that happens around us, everything could be those planets and everybody is like those stars that are happening in our life. So that way we are connected. We feel we, If something is happening wrong in somebody in, around me, that is a star in my universe. I am responsible to go help them because if they go off the grid, they're going to hurt other stars in my galaxy. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it's just a metaphor, but that helped me look at people differently. The way I look at things will change the way I live my life. So that would be one thing I would like to share.
0: I think that's a a beautiful visualization and a great way of talking about energy and how our energy has this sort of gravity, and that we are responsible for everything that happens in our lives. When we take responsibility for everything that happens in our life, that's where our power is. That's where our choice is. Um, and then we can we can change. We can change. Absolutely. Thank you, Pedram, Absolutely. so much for joining me today. It's been a real honor to spend this time Thank with you, you and get to know a little bit more about you and your message, and I'm sure we will cross paths again
1: absolutely i i really appreciate this time and this opportunity and i'm grateful for people who uh, listen to this and i hope uh, um anything in our conversation that will help them they take action on it and then apply it to their life sharing their wisdoms um, nobody is insignificant in this life in this life everybody has a purpose if you have the slightest thing that you feel in your heart that you should share it. Don't hesitate. Yeah. Nobody knows tomorrow. So
0: You matter. You out. who's listening yeah. to this today, you matter. If one person on this planet, if one life has ever mattered, and I'm sure everyone listening can think of someone who mattered to them. If one person has ever mattered, then you matter too, because we are all equal and we are all okay. one. Life is precious. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate it. For all our listeners, thank you for following Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life and telling your friends about it. If you'd like to connect with my guest today, um, you can look for him at, uh, tell us again, Unity. UnityMeditation.com, yes. Um, This episode will also be available with video on my YouTube channel. You can find all my social media links and more details about this podcast at NadiaDelacruz.com. Until next time, take care of yourself and take care of each other. Namaste.